You're listening to High Pitch, the American Health Information Management Association podcast produced weekly for HEMA's members and healthcare professionals everywhere. Listen in as we explore the hot topics and news items affecting the industry and you. Hello and welcome to the HEMA High Pitch podcast. Our guest today is Director of Practice Excellence, Julie Persley Dooling. She served as a representative to industry and government initiatives and provides professional practice expertise in health information exchange and patient matching. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Today, we're discussing the recent announcement of AHIMA's support for the AMA's call for inclusivity on electronic health records on the part of transgender patients. Can you tell us more about that and why AHIMA is offering its support? Sure, Dan. The American Medical Association, or the AMA, recently amended their policy to support the voluntary inclusion of transgender patients' preferred name and clinically relevant sex-specific anatomy in medical documentation. They called for fully inclusive EHRs for transgender patients. AHIMA has long recognized the need for understanding our members' challenges in this area. And in 2014, we formed an LGBTQ work group to look at many of these challenges uh, where we could provide some best practice. HIM professionals struggle with overall data integrity in this area from collection to access and management of the sexual orientation and gender identity data. And as the AMA stated, many health information systems today don't allow for standardized uh, sexual orientation, gender identity data collection. Now, referring to the uh, journal article, How Inclusive is Your Data, uh, you refer to something in abbreviation SOGI. What does that stand for and uh, why is it important? SOGI stands for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity. This was originally identified by HHS in Healthy People 2020, which they always publish that 10 years ahead. So it was actually published in 2010. And they, at that time, the report called for collecting the SOGI data in health records in order to identify many of the health disparities in the LGBTQ patient population. To that end, there there are many uh, shocking, actually, statistics that, and I can just name a few, that... uh, is the reason for why we talk about this and why this is important in today's healthcare. Uh, LGBT youth are two to three times more likely to unfortunately attempt suicide. We have transgender individuals having a higher prevalence of HIV, STDs, victimization, and suicide again, unfortunately. And our elderly uh, LGBTQ Uh, individuals face additional barriers to health because of isolation and lack of social services and culturally competent providers. Could you describe some challenges HAM professionals face when they're collecting and managing SOGI data? Sure. There are many challenges that the HIM professional encounter today. Our health information systems do not always include all these data elements that that we need to have a more inclusive record. And as stated earlier with the AMA call, we need data elements like the patient's preferred name, gender identity, pronoun preference, 
um, along with a means to maintain an inventory of the patient's medical transition history and current anatomy. Some of the other challenges that HIM professionals face are, I mean, those that I just mentioned are data integrity issues uh, due to the lack of, of different Uh, data elements that should be available to us in our health information systems. Uh, But one, probably one of the the most frequent that I hear has to do with coding and billing. And I'm going to give you an example because this helps to explain it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. if a patient is transitioning or another term is also called affirming, and let's just say they were male at birth and they're transitioning to female. Uh, in the health record, sometimes you would see the acronym uh, as MTF, and this is male to female. So if that patient is affirming, they will still likely need a prostate exam, which is a male-only procedure in a lot of our systems. If not, the claim could be denied. So there's stories that are uh, about workarounds that include temporarily changing the sex in the EHR to enable the bill to even drop because the, the patient is registered as one sex and mm-hmm. the codes in our system are male or female only. So there is this workaround that many of our professionals have to do. Can you comment on sensitivity training? Sensitivity training is definitely something that is needed for every staff member in our healthcare organizations. There needs to be proper communication to foster trust with our LGBTQ patient population. Uh, And here's just an example. For instance, if a transgender individual presents who may be undergoing that transition or affirmation, as I said earlier, the registration staff need to be properly trained to address and communicate with the patient. As discussed in some of our practice briefs, our journal articles on this topic, creating a diversity task force within your healthcare organization is a highly recommended first step. What are some of the challenges of uh, the current software in use by registrars and others? EHR vendors need to update their modules to capture the SOGI information. And when I say EHR modules, I not only am speaking about EHRs, but I'm also speaking about registration systems because registration systems sometimes are the same technology as the EHR, but sometimes not. It just depends on the organization and how they're structured. But what needs to be collected are things like pronouns, pronouns uh, to be able to identify and communicate with the patient properly. Is it he, him? Is it she, her, or is it they, them? The other data element is the preferred name. The preferred name is important because you want to be able to talk to and communicate again with that patient um, of the name that they prefer to be called by. So that definitely needs to be a field. I know in some EHRs, preferred names are also used as 
a field where they can capture nicknames. And um, so that would have to be taken into consideration too. So if you're going to use a preferred name field for a nickname, you probably need to have another field to capture preferred name um, in another for, for this uh, patient population. Uh, another field is sex assigned at birth. So you have an idea of that, that male or female anatomy that is going to be present. And all of these really will help once we get all of our EHR systems are starting to have this, these inform, um, this information, this will help drive our coding and billing functions. As a note, some of our EHR vendors are ahead of the curve. They have some of these modules. There are organizations that are beginning to use this data, which is a very good thing. In some states at birth, parents can opt out of having their child's sex identified. Is this likely to trend? You know, we've seen a few states adopt those rules or laws. Um, I guess we'll just, it's going to be a wait and see to see uh, if other states follow suit. Earlier, you mentioned the LGBTQ volunteer work group at AHIMA. Can you tell me a bit more about their work? We have a great LGBTQ volunteer work group here at AHIMA. We have about 20 members that get together on a regular basis to talk about challenges and best practices and what we can do to help inform on this topic. We have members from all over the United States and we actually have one from Australia as well. And they work for a variety of healthcare organizations. So there's some great knowledge and knowledge sharing and expertise that comes out of this group. We have over the last five years, We've provided guidance through different means like articles and practice briefs. We've done presentations at our component state associations and our, in some cases, regional state associations. We presented this last year, I think actually for the last two or maybe even three years, uh, could be longer, at uh, the AHIMA National Conference. And what really is exciting that we we really love is when someone sees one of our articles or something in the news and they reach out to us for guidance. And we've had that happen several times where one of us will get an email from someone and they want further guidance because this just shows us how important this topic is and how much our members uh, are being challenged with it. So how does the future look for inclusivity um, with HIMA and the AMA? I think that the conversation that we're having today and other conversations through presentations, articles, and getting this out to our members and the media is a great start. We love that AMA has brought this up and they feel that it's very important for their patients. Uh, we certainly feel the same way and we want to work with our organizations and our members to help uh, continue to educate them. We also want to encourage our members to reach out to their EHR and registration vendors 
Um, there's great partnerships that are there in our organizations today, and uh, vendors listen, and they they will put into their new updates uh, what they know that their their clients are calling for. So. Uh, I would ask our HIM professionals or whoever's listening to get together with your your EHR teams, your IT teams, uh, anybody else that's working with this data uh, in your healthcare organizations and have the conversation of how you can work with your EHR vendors and your registration vendors to get these important data elements included into our health information systems so that we can take care of this patient population. And I always like to end an interview with this question. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I had asked? I think an overall statement that I just want to want to put out there is I feel like success is the day in our view of success in this topic area, success is the day when our LGBTQ patients are correctly identified, they're addressed by their patient preferences, and it's a place where they feel respected by all members of the healthcare team. And collecting these data elements is such a crucial start to that utopia. Once again, our guest today was AHEMA Director of Practice Excellence, Julie Persley-Dooling, who is also one of the authors of a recent Journal of AHEMA article, How Inclusive Is Your Data? Collection and Workflow Considerations for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity Data. Thank you for speaking with us, Julie. Thanks, Dan. You've been listening to High Pitch, the AHEMA podcast, produced by the American Health Information Management Association. Please subscribe or visit us at ahema.org slash pod for updates on future shows. Thank you for listening. 